covenant community. But we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew 16, which was the gospel text uh, in the church calendar for this past Sunday. If you want to follow along, Matthew 16, verses 21 through 28. And uh, my comments won't be too long, so the student leaders are going to come forward in a few moments so they can uh, uh, serve you this morning. As you're turning there, the disciples have been with Jesus for quite some time now. Back in chapter four, we uh, back in uh, chapter uh, four, we see that Jesus is calling the disciples, specifically Peter. There's a very important uh, exchange of dialogue that's going to take place between Peter and Jesus. And back in chapter four, we see that he called Peter, and Peter left his nets and followed Jesus immediately. And all the disciples, but especially Peter, have been observing Jesus. They've been sitting under his teaching. In chapter 5, we see uh, the Beatitudes. He's seen Jesus heal. He's seen Jesus cleanse the leper. He's seen Jesus raise the paralytic. He has seen Jesus raise a girl from the dead. The disciples have been with him for quite some time, so please keep it in mind because it's a very important point this morning. On throughout the Gospels of Matthew, we see the disciples sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach, watching him live and proclaim his message. They've seen him feed 5,000. They've seen him feed 4,000. They've seen miraculous things. A a few verses previous to what I'm going to read this morning, we see Jesus asking Peter, Who do you say that I am? And he says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus goes on to say, Peter... Upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Peter has been a faithful disciple. He's heard Jesus' teaching. He's watched his his message being lived out. And his faithfulness and his recognition that Jesus is the Messiah, it's a turning point here in the gospel. Jesus says, on you I will build my church. But now the teaching goes a little deeper, if you will. Jesus is now taking his teaching to another level as he challenges his disciples and especially Peter. Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that he had to go to Jerusalem, and he told them what would happen to him there. He would suffer at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed and he would be raised on the third day. I want to pause there for a moment Jesus went willingly to the cross. Do not make the mistake that God forced him or that he could not have chosen another road. Jesus had a choice. And it was his love for you and his love for me and also his love for the Father that he wanted to faithfully follow the Father's plan. He wanted to faithfully follow God's plan and so he was obedient. Jesus recognized that this is what must happen. This is what it means to be the Messiah. A price must be paid for sins and the sacrificial lamb must be offered up and Jesus recognized that he must move forward to Jerusalem to suffer many terrible things. He could have turned back. He could have taken the power that Satan offered when he was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. Don't forget that Jesus had a choice. And that he at times was tempted to turn and run the other way. He was fully God, but he was fully human. And so we see in these verses, these first two verses, or verse 21, that Jesus had a choice. And this was his decision. I'm going on to Jerusalem. And I will suffer many terrible things. And I will be killed. But on the third day, I will be raised from the dead. Jesus will not raise himself from the dead. God will raise Jesus from the dead. 
Verse 22. But Peter took him aside and corrected him. Some translations say, began to reprimand him. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Peter wanted to protect Jesus. He loved him. He cared for him. But I think Peter's also going through a theological dilemma. For Peter's understanding of the Messiah is not one who would suffer many terrible things. His understanding of the Messiah at this time in his journey is one of power and conquering, riding into Jerusalem victoriously and taking over control religiously and politically. So Peter is, one, trying to protect Jesus, I believe, but he's also confused. He's like, no, this is not the way it is supposed to be, Lord. Then Jesus says this to him as he turns to him. Remember, Peter, who's been faithfully following, faithfully serving him. You are the Messiah. Jesus says, on you I will build my church. And five verses later, in verse 23, we say, we see Jesus turn to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. Or you are a stumbling block to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's point of view. Five verses later, from saying on you I will build my church to saying get behind me, Satan. We need to understand, we see Jesus' humanity coming through here again. He was tempted. He was tempted to allow Peter never to allow this to happen. And so Jesus is not necessarily saying, Peter, you are Satan, but what you are tempting me with is not of the Father. What you are tempting me with is not of God. So you must get behind me. To get behind the teacher is the place where the disciples belong. A disciple was to follow behind the teacher, to watch, to observe. And Jesus saying, get behind me. We are, we are going deeper now in your understanding. We are going deeper now in what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a follower of Christ. We are going to a deeper level of discipleship now. Get behind me. This should be a strong reminder to us who have possibly grown up in a Christian home, who have grown up in the church, who have been a faithful follower of Jesus, who have seen God do many amazing things in your churches, and maybe you have done amazing things. God has done amazing things through you on mission trips or service projects. This should be a lesson to us, for if Peter could be a stumbling block to Jesus, if Peter could be a temptation for Jesus to turn and go the opposite way of the Father, we must keep in mind that we too can be a stumbling block to others. You can be a faithful follower, but decisions we make and the way we choose to live can actually cause someone else to stumble. May it be a humble reminder to us. Jesus was tempted. And though Peter had this theological dilemma, Jesus was, as I said, taking it to a new level. He is developing his theology of discipleship, and it's to follow the same exact road that Jesus is following. So Jesus is saying, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, leading priests and teachers of religious law. I will be killed, but on the third day I'll be raised from the dead. And Jesus is beginning to tell these disciples, especially through chapter 18 of the Gospel of Matthew, this is the same road for you. This is what it means to be my follower. 
This is what it means to be my disciple. So Jesus turns to the disciples in 24 and says, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition. Shoulder your cross and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your own soul? Deny. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. I like the way uh, this translation, it's the, the New Living Translation, articulates it. And I, I use the New Living Translation for very important theological reasons. It's my wide margin Bible and I can put my notes here. That's the only reason. But I like how it says, turn from your selfish ways. If you want to be a follower of me, you must turn from your selfish ways. For that is sin. To put yourself first in front of others. See, Peter was stepping in front of God. Peter was stepping in front of Jesus. No, Jesus, this will never happen. And Jesus is saying, no, you must be a follower. You must get behind. You must be a disciple. Turn from your selfish ways. I can't help but think, actually, I can't help but pray that while you are here at Eastern Nazarene College, your level of discipleship will go to a deeper level. God is going to challenge you, I pray, in new and powerful ways. And at times you will say, this is not part of my theological understanding, though you may not use that term. This is not what I learned in Sunday school. You may realize to turn from your selfish ways may involve changing the way you live because the way you live or the products you use may harm God's creation, God's environment, and that may be a new thought to you. And and Jesus is saying, I'm calling you to go deeper. I'm giving you new understanding and new insight. You may say, I have been on mission trips and I have served projects within my church and community and I've volunteered in the nursery and that all glorifies God. Praise God for that. Live in such a way. But Jesus may be saying, you know, the way that you're living is affecting the poor on the other end of the world. And I need you to change the way you're living. I need you to change the way you're spending your money for it's hurting others. I know you like to go to that fast food restaurant, but that fast food restaurant buys tomatoes from farmers in Florida, and those farmers in Florida enslave Mexican farm workers, and they get paid pennies a day. So I need you to change the way you're living. I need you to be part of a church community. Freshmen woke up this past Sunday morning and realized, those of you who faithfully attended a church because mom and dad possibly drag, drug you to church or drugged you to go to church, is that what I should say? <laughs> but now it's, it's your decision. Now it is your decision. Will you go deeper? The pastors are not here this morning in the hopes that you come to their church because you're big tithers. Notice they laugh first. They are not going to ask you to take over the Sunday school program or the youth program. They're just here to say we believe you should be part of the body of Christ because that's what it means to be a disciple. But now it is your choice whether you will be. 
will you go deeper? Will you allow your discipleship to go even deeper? Will you allow yourself to be challenged much like Peter was? And He stumbled along the way, and we know he stumbled the night that Jesus was betrayed, but even in that, that night, even that next day, grace was bestowed upon his life. So will you go deeper? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. We could spend a whole semester on what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus, but it's just so important to me that we go to the Lord's table this morning that I just want to say this. I don't know what taking up your cross is for you at this place and point in your journey. But I'm rather certain it's going to come at a cost. I'm rather certain in the same way that Peter and the disciples are in a at a turning point in their understanding, at a turning point in the lessons that Jesus is directly speaking to them, I'm pretty sure many of you are at that place as well where Jesus is saying it's time for us to go deeper now. It's time for your commitment to me to go deeper. Are you willing to sacrifice that issue, that relationship, that passion, that desire? Are you willing to give all of that up for, for Jesus? Take up your cross and follow him. Jesus is calling us to go deeper, a deeper discipleship to follow him. Can I encourage you? Can I plead with you to go ahead and lose your life? Go ahead and lose your life for that is how you find it. Go ahead and lose your life. That is how you find it. Go ahead and, and get rid of all those, those desires you have. Now, some of those may be of God. And God's saying, will you surrender them to me? Will you have enough faith and trust to say, all right, Lord, I'm not sure if this is you, so I'm going to give this to you, and God may very well give it back to you. Or he may say, and often he doesn't say it as clearly as we would like him to, He'll say, Corey, I have a better way for you. I have a far better plan. I promise you, nothing will give you more peace, more satisfaction, more joy than to surrender your life completely to Christ and let the rivers of living water flow through you. There is no better way to live. I promise you. I promise you. So we're going to go to the Lord's table this morning. It serves as a reminder of this incredible love that Christ had for us. This incredible sacrifice, his love for you and for me, for all. And I've specifically asked our student leaders to serve you this morning. So I'm going to ask that the student leaders come. And as they're coming... Uh, in the Church of the Nazarene, uh, we practice or believe in an open table. Uh, what that means is you do not need to be a member of the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, this is not our table. This is the Lord's table. The Lord has prepared it. And all are welcome to come. We will have a moment before we partake of the element. As the trays are passed, just take a cup and there will be a little wafer in the middle of the tray. Just take a cup and wafer and pass on the tray and then hold on to it. We're going to have a time of prayer together time of confession, a time of affirmation of our faith. Um, 
and then we're going to partake together as a community, um, as one community, worshiping this Lord who, who gave his life for us. Once the trays are, are dispersed, there will be a video shown uh, that tells a little bit more about the story of Peter and his journey. Jenny, will you help me? Grace God's unmerited favor for us, his crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. If you find yourself struggling to understand God's grace, don't beat yourself up. Even the disciples struggled with understanding grace. Jesus, is that you? You're alive. I can't believe you're alive. Okay, I was in the boat, and I wasn't catching any fish, okay? But I heard this voice, and the voice said, cast your net to the other side. And so I'm thinking, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing, but I'm not catching any fish, you know? And so I throw that net over there, and then a gaggle of fish pop into that net, and I'm going, this is a total miracle. Who could have done that? I need to know who told me to throw the net to the other side. And boom, I look up, and I mean, there is you. You're looking at me on the seashore going, it is I, the Lord. It's real life. I can't believe you're alive. This is awesome. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on, Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. I love you. You're alive. This is so great. Good. Then feed my sheep. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on, man. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? I love you. Yes. And I'm so sorry about that rooster cluck, and I had no idea what that meant, but I do not. I'm better for it, all right? Okay. Then feed my sheep. Andrew, I'm smiling, but I'm serious. Come on, get out of the boat. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Jesus. Mere words cannot describe the passion that I have for you. I love you. You know everything. I love you. Good. Good. Then feed my sheep. I didn't even know you had livestock. That is so like you, though. There's something new about you all the time. That's what I love about you. Peter, Yeah. do you remember uh, the morning the ladies went to the tomb? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all in the upper room trying to figure out what to do next, you know, because we thought you were dead. You know, you were dead, you know, and we're trying to figure all that out, you know. And Mary comes running up, and Mary's like saying, beehive, beehive, beehive. And I'm thinking, I'm allergic to bees. Like, keep them out. You know what I'm saying? But as she kept getting closer, I heard her correctly. She was saying, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And we're going, who's alive, who's alive? And she said, she was at the tomb, and the tomb was empty, and she said that there was an angel there and the angel said go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay he is risen and so me and John we hightailed it down there and if John says he beat me he's totally lying alright I beat him FYI alright you know and we get down there and I'm looking in that tomb and it is it is empty there's nothing in there you know what I'm saying and I'm like what does this mean what does this mean and John is right there John is so good with words he should write a book he is so good with words and John said don't you get it, Peter? This is everything Jesus said he was going to do, and you did it, and it's done. Let's go. This is so great. Wait. Yeah. The angel said what? Uh, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay. He is risen. You've risen. Let's go. This he is said okay. what? Go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. You said my name. Why did you say my name? 
Peter, that's grace. No, no, I don't, I don't deserve that because that night people kept coming up to me asking me if I belonged to you, if I was with you, and I kept denying you left and right, all right? No, it'll take me my whole life to make up for what I did. It was unforgivable for no, what I did. No, What I did on the cross was meant to take what is unforgivable and make it forgivable. That's my grace. It's not about you. It's always about me. That's grace, Peter. As a benediction song before we, um, okay. himself has ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine, emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation draw near and take these emblems and by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. Let us remember that it is the memorial of the death and passion of our Lord, also a token of his coming again. Let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you now as a community, an academic community, a community of faith, coming from different communities and cultures and backgrounds and neighborhoods and countries. We come together, Father. And may we never forget that there is always much more that unites us in Christ than there is that separates us. And now in these few moments, we confess our sins to you in a silence beyond words. Lift your prayers of confession to the Lord and know that he hears the prayers of your heart. hear these words. 
and do not forget them. Hold on to them and claim them as your own. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you and be forever thankful. Heavenly Father, take our lives and let them be consecrated, Lord, to thee. May we not forget that as we journey along, discipleship is not a a one-time arrival, but discipleship is a journey and that you will call us to deeper and more profound levels of your grace and your challenges and your strength and your presence so that living waters might flow through us, so that the light of Christ might flow through us, not for our glory, but simply for yours. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Before you are dismissed, it is common practice in the church to dismiss with a benediction. And usually that benediction is pronounced by the pastor or the speaker of the day. But today, I'd like us to sing a very common blessing that maybe many of you heard. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Jessica is going to sing it, and then we're just going to echo it. And as you echo it, may you realize that what you are saying is you are pronouncing a benediction and you are pronouncing a blessing on this entire community. But not only that, I want you to listen as this entire community pronounce a blessing on your life as well.